like a couple rules with myself. Like if I'm out doing a race, I can't quit until at least I'm, uh, I'm at least 50 kilometers if I'm not feeling well. But if I'm still not feeling great after 50K and things aren't going well, fine. Um, yeah. And I can never quit at night. You have to wait till the sun comes up because you mm. never make good choices at night. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hello there. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> it's always hard to start, but let's just start. Exactly. Yeah. What's going on in the world? I'm feeling a bit naked today, if I'm honest. Ooh. <laughs> and if you're listening and not watching. What does that mean? <laughs> you'll have to visit the YouTube version of this to see why. No, really. First, I think this is maybe only the second time in 60 episodes Whoa. that I've not worn a hat. So I'm testing it out. What, what do you think? What do you guys think? <laughs> hat or no hat? Yeah, well, I always wear a hat, so. You do. Yeah. But that's to prevent the light from shining <laughs> off the top of your head. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Okay, well, I like it. I like it. Good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What's going on in the world of uh, Gutter on Racing? Well, I think we should give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. Now that it's more than one person. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah. So thank you to our very first, Jason. Yep. And to our second, Annalise. And where's she from? Well, she's from our neck of the woods. However, uh, she lives in Alberta and she's done coyote several times. But this year she came back and won the 50K wow. of Chase the Coyote, the final edition. That's so yes, great. thank you. Guys, and if you want to know how you can support our channel and what we're up to, help us get to 100 episodes, visit com, and there's a link to our Patreon, right? You got it. Okay. In the show notes. And in the show notes. There you go. Okay. I'm already deciding that I don't like this because now I'm going to be fidgeting with my hair the whole time. <laughs> so okay. the, hat, the hat will be back. Okay. Okay. All right. And winter's coming, so yes. Yeah, you're right. Who is on the podcast today? Oh, it's going to be a good one, Nom. We have Teresa Nielsen, also from Alberta, I believe. She is the 200-miler Triple Crown winner for 2022. And what is the Triple Crown? Triple Crown consists of three 200-mile races that is only four months apart. We got Tahoe, Bigfoot, Moab. And Moab's more than 200. Yeah. But that's what it is, and she ended up winning this thing. So, wow. wow. And a shout-out to Fanny Barrett, who... A former guest on our podcast, for suggesting that we hook up with Teresa. And Fanny, in her own right, is a Grand Slam 100-mile finisher for 2022. Yeah. When we started our chat with Teresa, the her fire alarm kept going off. So that beeping that's in the background, hey, nothing we can do about it. You yeah. did your best, right? I did my best. I did my best. All right. Here's Teresa. Enjoy. Well, welcome to the podcast. And big congrats Thank on you. completing your Triple Crown 200s, which is Tahoe, Bigfoot, and Moab. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you combined time of 261 hours, right? In four months? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There it goes. <laughs> of course. Of um, course. <laughs> I know. I can see. I can go on the balcony. It's not too terrible outside today. <laughs> I know. I was like, they're like, they were supposed to do it yesterday, but okay, a little better. 
Hopefully that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, actually. It's, Hopefully a- you can cut that out. <laughs> you want to get a jacket? It looks like we can see your breath. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not that cold. To me, it's not cold. <laughs> okay. <right. laughs> I'm used to being in the Arctic, so. <laughs> well, this is a first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know. So when someone tells you your great achievement about winning the Triple Crown and in a time that you did it on, what does that mean to you? What do you think about when someone, when you hear that out loud? I, I honestly, I still don't believe it. Even after Tahoe, like I'd done quite well and I thought that I'd been pretty like slow and smart about the race. And I just was, God, there's no way I can carry this on for two more. And then of course, Bigfoot. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm still placing decently and I still feel okay considering. So to me, like it just, it seems weird to have finished and then, yeah, it still sounds weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to definitely chat about each yeah. individual race on its yeah. own. But first, we'd like to go back to the beginning and let us know how you even started running. For sure. Oh my goodness. That probably would have been back mid 20s, maybe early 20s. I'd finished college. I was working, you know, you're in your 20s, you're partying, <laughs> absolutely not working out, not running anything. And you kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, like I'd like to be physical again because I was very athletic um, growing up as a kid. And, you know, you just get to that point where you're like, well, what do you do as an adult? You know, like you don't have your organized sports like you do as like a teenager growing up. And uh, I had a friend that was like, well, I'm going to train for this half marathon. Want to train with me? And then, of course, you do a half marathon. You think, oh, my gosh, we'll never run further than that. That's, that <laughs> hurts, you know. And then a couple days later, you're like, okay, now I feel okay. And then you're like, well, what if I tried a marathon? And then it just kind of goes, you know, it's a spiral of like, well, if I did a marathon and I didn't die, <laughs> would I run a 50K? And then it, it just spiraled into a deep hole. <laughs> so when did Next you... Next thing s- you know, you're doing 200 miles. <laughs> when did you switch to ultras or trails? I suppose you probably made the leap to trails first. Yeah, pretty much. So I did... I initially got more into triathlons. Hmm. I don't know why, because I hate biking. Um <laughs> I did Ironman Canada in 2011 and I never rode a bike again after that. I was like, this is awful. Why do I do this sport? Um, But I loved the running parts. Uh, And I had a friend that I was doing the triathlons with and he's like, well, you should try this thing called trail running. I was like, like running on a, like up a mountain. What do you mean? (laughs) And then of course that's another spiral. You go and you're like, Oh, that's, that's hard. And then you just keep going. And Yeah. It's all about deep, dark spirals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> well, we did look yeah. at your extensive running resume. and Yeah, on Ultra Sign Up. On Ultra Sign Up. Yeah. We basically <laughs> pretty much either ran it or talked about all the races you've done with other people. But there's one that yeah. stood out called the dragon's back in oh, yeah. Wales. That, <laughs> yeah. And they, they deem it as the hardest mountain run in the world, a mountain race in the world. So tell us about this race. Yeah, I mean, they're not far off by saying that. Um, <laughs> I was kind of in this point, I was looking for a new challenge. It was the first multi-day race that I'd done. 
So I do believe it's just under 200 miles over five days. And you essentially start at the northern tip of Wales and then you run to the southern tip. But shockingly and surprisingly to me, there's a lot more elevation in mountains in Wales than I thought. (laughs) It's not flat. So it's actually quite a bit of elevation as well. And then they don't mark the course. So kind of like the Sunday before the race starts, uh, they give you a map and then you bring your own compass from home uh, and it's a choose your own adventure. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Had you you done some orienteering to prepare for that? No, not really. I took a course out of the um, Alpine Club in Canmore because I did not know how to use a compass properly. So I'd done a few courses, both online and then through the Alpine Club to kind of get a better idea. And then you're able to use like GPS as well. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's no actual course. So you're still kind of choosing your own adventure. There's only a few places you can't go because it's private property. Right. So then they kind of tag those out in the map of places do not go, but anywhere else is a free for all, essentially, as long wow. as you make the checkpoints. And then you scan in because they have the orienteering ports points as you go. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're hitting those and scanning in and make your cutoffs, then you just wake up every morning and keep going. <laughs> so that means that someone could run 20K further than someone else. Yes. Wow. And that yeah, happens? Like I think a lot of the, yeah, I think a lot of the top guys in that one, they go out before or they live there. So they've gone out and they've wrecked the course. So they know what places will give them kind of like a benefit. Whereas I kind of took a safe route because I knew that I would get lost in Wales. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the first time that you really pushed yourself to the limits? Because I did take a peek at the distances and they're, they're no joke. They're all over, I think, 50K a day. Climbing mountains, orienteering, you're out there for longer than you would be on a marked course. Were you starting to feel it come like day three, four? Oh my gosh, I felt it on day two. I think that was the first time I did a race because I'd always had this kind of bold confidence going into a race where you know that even if you just walk the whole thing, you're fine, you know, and, and then it's it's done. And and I think that was the first time that I, I showed up at a race and I was like, I don't think I belong here. And every morning I was like, I mean, they're letting me start again. So I might as well see how far I get. <laughs> That was, yeah, that was the first time that I thought to myself, it was a very humbling race to me. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, this is really, really tough. Yeah. Wow. wow. And that was back yeah. in 2019, right? Before. Probably. Before yeah. Pro- that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take it to, to this year now. In the beginning of this year, you did Hurt 100. Was that just a training run for what Triple Crown? Like, well, that was just a... No, I'll go for an easy breezy. I run. wish I could say that. Um, I actually... Hurt's actually a race that's very close to my heart. Um, that probably would have been my eighth year in a row going. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so I've, I've ran it three times. I've finished the 100 mile twice. I've got a 100K finish there. And then I've been five other times to either pace or volunteer. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like a family race. So you go every year, you volunteer, or if you get into the lottery, you race. And it's just mostly the same people every year. And it's, it's great. It's like a one week party in Hawaii with people you've met from all over the world. So throw that in, one I kind of throw in yeah. some horrible roots and rocks <laughs> and it's all good. <laughs> yeah. So that one I usually I try to go to even if I'm just volunteering every year. But you yeah. knew that you're going to do the triple crown before you did hurt. Is that right? You Yeah, but if you get into the lottery, you can't really say no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, let's start with number one, Tahoe. Yeah. Uh, how were you? Were you feeling pretty prepared at the start line for this one? I did. Yeah. Like I think um, by the time I'd signed up for the triple, like I was scared into training essentially because it's such like a big, big thing you're going for. And I felt really good going into Tahoe. Like I was ready, tapered. I didn't really know the logistics of it, which really kind of scared me. But because they'd made it an out and back instead of the loop, mm-hmm. um, because of the fires the, the year before. So they okay. had the closed part of the lake. So they did out and back. The logistics were a little easier because you got your drop bags twice. Ah. Uh, so that kind of helped. And But I felt really good going into Tahoe. Tahoe was probably my one of my favorites of them. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful course. And the trails are unreal there. So yeah, Tahoe was like, things went really well at Tahoe considering. Were you allowed to have a pacer? Uh, you are, yeah. I think you have. You can have a pacer starting at the first night. Okay. Okay. But you didn't? Yeah. Uh, I had a friend that went and he volunteered. But no, I don't normally run with pacers or crew. Mm. Oh, wow. No crew either. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hardcore. Uh, so this would have been your longest race consistent, 200 miles, running a one yeah. stop. Yeah. So what was your yeah, strategy for, sure. for this unknown? Uh, I was I'm pretty much telling myself I just had to, first of all, be really mindful of foot care because I've, I've been known to have some disastrous foot issues in races. Um, so I knew that this time, knowing there was two races to come and just how long this race was, that I would have to be very, very mindful of foot care. Uh, and I would have to not gun it on the downhills because I'm also known for, you know, I make up all my time absolutely slamming downhills. <laughs> but as we know, in longer races, that usually catches up with you. I was just very mindful, slow down keep moving, keep eating, keep drinking, try and get yourself feeling as good as possible for as long as possible until the wheels fall off and then grunt the rest out. <laughs> <laughs> as someone who also suffers from foot issues, did you find yeah. a secret that worked for you? What was there a it did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. People were like, let's see your feet. And they were like, that's not that bad. What I did is I went to Walmart and I bought those stacks of 50 cent face cloths. Uh And I stocked, I spent my life savings in new socks (laughs) (laughs) and in every single drop bag, I put a face cloth and a pair of new socks Mm -hmm. and I forced myself, no matter how tired I was or time of day it was, took off my shoes, got the sand out, absolutely scrubbed my feet clean with the face cloth, threw it away, put on a fresh pair of socks, every single aid station. Wow. My feet were almost pristine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got all the time in the world to do this. There's, <laughs> you know yeah. So why like, not? I think you just have to really take care of yourself in, in kind of the first day or two of these races. And it just, it paid off dividends. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. I have to try that. <laughs> it works really well. And normally I have absolutely destroyed feet. Mm. I wouldn't so. know that my feet are never <laughs> any problems. <laughs> oh. So unfair. <laughs> and he has size 12 and a half. You yeah. think with big feet that he would yeah. have foot yeah. problems? They look like a baby yeah. when he's yeah. done a race. I'm good. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Tell unfair. me the secret. <laughs> yeah. Genetics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any expectations of 
trying this new adventure or did you want um, to stay at the front? What was your strategy or yeah, expectation? My goal for each was just to try for top 10, which I got in all three of them. And then I wanted to overall, I actually wanted to only be top five for, for the triple. Both expectations ended up a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Any yeah. crazy stories happen in the uh, combined 83 hours during your, your uh, Tahoe? Well, it was my first introduction to night three hallucinations. Oh. Um, and it is, I don't even know if I could describe it. I think like, unless you experience it, because like, you know, in a hundred milers, you kind of that first night you get, you kind of see things out of the side of your periphery. And then the second night you start, they get a little more vivid by like the third night you are on a different planet. Like <laughs> every now and then you almost have to stop yourself. Okay. I'm in a race. I'm on a trail. Yeah. Follow the flags. Those are flags. They're not snakes. You know, they're not, you know, like keep following them. Don't run away from them. So, oh my God. That was interesting. I did not enjoy night three. Yeah. I did not enjoy night three hallucinations. And you're by yourself too, which just could be kind of dangerous. Dangerous. You had nobody with you, right? Wow. Yeah. Every now and then you would kind of latch on to people at night and then you'd kind of wander your own way and stuff. But, it's yeah, it's interesting. Did you <laughs> but it was a- it made me want to go faster because I did not want to do a fourth night. Oh, good. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did Very take, motivating. Did you take any cat naps? I did at Tahoe. I slept, I think, two hours and five minutes over the three days. It was tough. My problem I had with all three is when I was hitting the sleep stations was in the absolute dead of the night, which you would think would be great because you're exhausted. But I just got too cold. So Uh I would pretty much strip down dry clothes top to bottom and just bundle myself in, fall asleep, and within 30 minutes, wake up shivering. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So, well, do I keep trying to sleep and waste time and keep getting colder? Or do I just get up, eat, and keep moving? So what I did is I just kept moving. And then by Moab, I'd figured out that just sleeping in the dirt, in the sun, in the middle of the afternoon is, that's, that's key. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a better way to go. How yeah. many women started this Triple Crown? Do you know? I'm not actually sure how many. There was definitely a lot more men because at the picture at the end, there was not too many women. I actually went with two other women from Canada. There was at least three of us there. <laughs> Three from Canada. That's a good uh, percentage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there was another of my friends that lives in uh, Northern BC and then another friend that I'd met um, when I was living in the Yukon that was doing it as well. Nice. Let's go on to the next one, Bigfoot. Is That's about, was it six or seven weeks after Tahoe? I think it was six. Yeah. That one, I think there was a little bit more space in between the two. Now, is it? Is it possible that you're fully recovered or are you? No. No. (laughs) I was also very fortunate that between Tahoe and Bigfoot, I also got COVID. Oh, (laughs) no. Hey, guys. If you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We run the North celebrating Canada's national parks 
features a total of 13 10 kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Banff, and then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. So I was just starting to kind of get up a flight of stairs about a week before Bigfoot without stopping to cough. Oh, <laughs> man. So I guess you didn't do a yeah. whole lot of running in between. <laughs> no, because I was kind of, I was just at the point where I was feeling a bit recovered from Tahoe and I'd started to run again, but I was probably only doing about 10K a day. Yeah, I got COVID. I was out for about two and a half weeks. And then I was just at the point where it's like, I guess I have to start packing. And I wasn't super short of breath when I'd walk down a flight of stairs. Oh, that's, that's so, scary. Yeah. So what changes did you make from Tahoe to Bigfoot to better perform at Bigfoot despite COVID? <laughs> uh, that's a one. Bigfoot was by far the hardest. You can just see by the elevation. Uh, the trails that we were on were, it was tough. Bigfoot was just a grind. I didn't feel well. I wasn't really mentally in that one, which is funny because that's the one I was the most excited for because I usually like the big mountain races. Uh, and I don't think there was a minute in that whole race where I was really in it, you know, but you're mm. like, well, I've already finished Tahoe. I'm doing the triple, so I have to finish this. And that was almost kind of my mantra to get to the end. Bigfoot was a tough one. <laughs> oh, man. And probably little to no sleep again. Yeah, I think I got, I think that one I was around two and a half hours. So I got one sleep that was like an hour long there. And that was probably the big one. Because I, again, I was having problems with on night three, where I was essentially like, asleep walking and I got to one aid station. It wasn't even a um, sleep station, but it was, it was a really tough part of the course on the back end. And uh, I just couldn't go on. I, I just told the medic guys, I was, can I just use your cot for an hour because I am not safe to go back out into the night. Yeah. And they let me sleep there for an hour and it's, it was great. So, so I slept a little bit more at Bigfoot. <laughs> 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 I imagine the nights would be colder too because you're in more altitude. Well, Tahoe, the nights were actually colder. We got snowed on two of the nights. So mm. Tahoe was much colder. Ooh. And Bigfoot, yeah, it got cool at night, but it was 35 degrees in the day. So mm. it got cooler at night, but not like Tahoe. Tahoe is really cold at night. 35 uh, Fahrenheit. Celsius. 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 Yeah. Oh, holy cow. Yeah, it was hot. Bigfoot was hot. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it was a super hot. Like, I think if you went into the fourth day of Bigfoot, like the last day, it got up to 38 Celsius. Mm. Wow. It's terrible. And Bigfoot is point to point. Yes. Yeah. So lots of logistics, but you can't turn around and go back. <laughs> you got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, because Tahoe was, you said, out and back. Which it normally out is. Back, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's back, normally a big loop. Yeah, but out and back, you can see how far ahead you are to somebody else because you're going out, they're still coming in. Yeah. But not at Bigfoot. Bigfoot, you have no idea what's going on. No else. idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting strategy. Yeah. Well, you must have been pretty <laughs> sure. pleased when you finished in, what, 85 and change? 
Yeah. And I think that ended up being like fifth female. Yeah. I surprised myself on that one. Even with COVID and a harder race, your times were pretty close to Tahoe. Yeah. I was actually surprised with that one. Yeah. I think I'd wow. lost a little bit of time or no, I'd, I'd done the first hundred miles a bit quicker with Bigfoot. I think that's what maybe saved me. Hmm. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm surprised that your, your trail running friends aren't putting their hands up to come and crew at these epic adventures of yours. <laughs> I think it just gets so tough because it's the middle of summer and, and kids hmm. and yeah. And like, honestly, I normally do, I normally don't ever have crew. I find it, I used to, and I just, I find it a lot easier if you don't have a pacer crew, because then you're not more likely to stay in aid stations longer. You're like, okay, all right, got to keep going, you know? Mm. And I just kind of have this system set up where it just works really well. Yeah. Well, you got to do what works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So starting... Moab now, you knew, did you know that you were in first place starting Moab? I did, yeah. Yeah. So no pressure or pressure? There there was and there wasn't. So I knew that I had the girl that was behind me. I knew that I had, I think it was a 12-hour lead going into Moab. I knew that that was fairly comfortable. But then I also, like you see these races and you just know anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. Cause it's over such an amount of time. You could, you can trip on a stone and, and like, it's just, you could twist an ankle, like nutrition issues. Maybe it's the one where your stomach just doesn't work for you. And, and, and yeah. And I did lose a lot of time because I did have a lot of issues at Moab, but I managed to, to keep with it. (laughs) 12 hours in a 240 mile. That's basically a, Two minutes at a 5K race. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, actually, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> you can catch yeah. up like this. Yeah. So you obviously knew who was who your competition was at the start line. Were you just trying to kind of make sure you were in the same region with them at all times? Or were you flip-flopping? Um, not so much. So the girl that was ahead of me, she usually finished the first half of all the races before me. So she went out a lot faster than me. But I normally like if you ever look at my pace splits in a race, I always negative split everything. Mm. So I don't really settle into a race until usually admit if it's a shorter, like it takes me about 50 kilometers to 50 miles to settle into a race. <laughs> so I always make up my time in the back half. So in the first two races, I'd caught her pretty much in the middle of the race. And then I'd made my time on the end. So in Moab, I knew that she'd go out ahead of me. And then around, I think it was the halfway I'd seen her. Um, she was actually a very, very sweet lady. So and then around halfway, I'd passed her again. I kind of knew that if I went out at her initial pace, then I wouldn't be able to do that faster back end. Right. Um, I usually I just kind of went out on my own place, settled in and and I knew this one would be tough and tired. Hmm. I love your statement that it takes you about 50k to 80k to warm up because (laughs) (laughs) I usually start to feel good maybe after an hour and I think this is taking too long but (laughs) to hear you say 50k to 80k. About 12 hours (laughs) takes you 12 hours to warm up. (laughs) Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I have like a couple rules with myself. Like if I'm out doing a race, 
I can't quit until at least I'm, uh, I'm at least 50 kilometers if I'm not feeling well. But if I'm still not feeling great after 50K and things aren't going well, fine. Um, yeah. And I can never quit at night. You have to wait till the sun comes up because you mm-hmm. never make good choices at night. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good rules for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I guess it's once you find something that you're good at and you, you've dialed it in, yeah, those are the things that you're attracted to because obviously you can manage that endurance yeah. really well, which is amazing. Sure. Women, w- women are known for the longer the better kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think they should do more research on where that comes from because it's, it's pretty sure. fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's definitely, it's that, it's that want to know how far can I go? How far can you push yourself? And, I love figuring things out. And so I think just that challenge of, of putting together, how is this going to work? When am I going to eat? How can I make this better? How can I be more efficient? What food's going to get me further? So yeah. it's yeah. fun. I like figuring out those kind of puzzles like that. <laughs> and the extra 40 miles at Moab, how many more hours did that equate to? I don't have your time right in front of me. so Just under 92 hours for that one. Oh, so really not that. Not that many more. So 40 more. Yeah. And if plans, I was hoping to be done around 89 hours because there's not much elevation in Moab. I think it's only 8,000 meters over the 240. Okay. So it's not, it's, it's very flat and it's a lot of roads. So a lot of it is quite runnable and you can make up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. The problem with it is it's hot. It's very hot and it's very exposed. There's no trees to hide under or or whatnot. You're just baking in the sun all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) I actually signed up for a three-day stage race in Moab for next March. I made the Trans Rockies? Yes. Nice. Yes. So That'll be incredible. I'm so excited. It's my first stage race. Yeah. And I love the desert. You're going to love it. I'm already written down by washcloths. Keep track of feet. (laughs) Because I yes. am, I am very nervous about that. I, I've yeah. lost my toenails so many times that, honestly, the most pain I've ever had in a race is from my toenails, which seems yeah. ridiculous, right? But you know how it no. is. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero toenails right now. If it makes you feel better, <laughs> I have no idea what that feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's enough out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so can you give me another tip? Because I know it's going to be sandy rocky like what what did you do what did you have to do differently at moab differently i pretty much did exactly as i did at the other races it was just working really well i also used gaiters for all three and I, i've literally never in my life put a gator on my running shoe ever right. uh, but it helps a lot because a lot of the trails you'll be doing in moab they're actually quite deep sand oh okay. so you're kind of like trudging through sand and and i think the gators help quite a bit right um and I'm telling you, just consistently, every single time, just clean your foot, get all that dirt off, and put a fresh pair of socks on. Okay. It made a world of difference. Well, fortunately, I'm a bit of a sock collector, so that won't okay. be a problem to bring yeah. extra pairs. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No, it, it, it worked really well. Wow. So at Moab, in the 90th hour, you knew you had to win. <laughs> How did that feel like? It's- How'd that feel like? No, you're still out there running, but you knew you had this win. It felt 
pretty good. It was like that moment where you, you almost get caught in up in the excitement and the kind of, oh my God, plus you're so tired and you just want to be done so much, you know? And <laughs> it's kind of that culmination, like, I don't want to be out here anymore. I want to be done. I'm probably going to win this very good chance. And it is, it was pretty emotional in that last bit. But you're also just so tired <laughs> that it hasn't totally really hit you yet, you know? No, of course. So, yeah. yeah. So you're just like, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. <laughs> now, it's, it's interesting that each race was different in the fact that one's out and back, one was point to point, one was a loop. Yeah. Yeah. I give, it to, I give it to Candace, who I don't know if she created this, but it was a brilliant idea. Which one do you prefer the best out of those type of races? I probably like the loop and the point to point the best because if you say you look at a course like Hurt, you're essentially doing a clover leaf five right. times. Mm. So you're pretty much hitting the same section of trail. I think somebody said eight times for some of them. And it, the whole course is almost only 13 miles that mm. you do over and over and over again. Right. right. So you have all these chances at aid stations to like waste time, first of all. Mm you have your aid bags so often that again, that's another time waster and you have all these chances to just give up. Whereas if you're going point to point, you're like, well, my rental car is at the other end. <laughs> if I give up, I'll, it'll take me like a day to even make it there. Cause most of the races are in pretty backwards places. Right. It's not like there's a lot of traffic and stuff to, you know, hitchhike or something. So <laughs> if you're on a point to point, you're in it to win it, you know, <laughs> True, you don't really true. have a choice yeah, and if true. you're in a loop it's the same because it's like you don't usually feel bad until you're at least halfway down the loop and then you might as well just keep going <laughs> if you go back the other way it's longer so yeah the outback's tough because you know what you have to do mm -hmm. but at the same time i timed it perfectly at tahoe so everything that i didn't see at night on the way there i saw in the daytime on the way back Oh, nice. Oh. So I timed it perfectly. Every race has its advantage that way. Yeah. You've got to look at pros and cons yeah. for each, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But like a loop course where it's a one-mile loop you do over and over again, you will never see me at those races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different beast. Yeah. But in these races, did you ever have self-doubt thinking that... I don't think I'm going to be able to pull this one off. And if you did, how did you push through? Uh, I definitely had that at Bigfoot. Tahoe went really well. You always have your big ups, your big downs. But I just kind of kept trucking through and getting past them. Bigfoot, I was just, there was many times. Like even the first, I think it was the first night. I was like, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm going to do this again. I have two more nights to go. I have three more days to go. But I ended up tagging on with some pretty great people. And it, it kind of, that was a big help. You know, you kind of just trot along. Even if you're not talking, you're just kind of yeah. following along. And then they're following you for a bit. And that mindless banter about, I couldn't even tell you what it was now. But <laughs> that kind of helps, you know. And, and then I think just knowing if you're doing the triple and you've already finished Tahoe, then you have to keep going, you know. so. <laughs> Because if not, then you have to come back and do it again. <laughs> That's right. See, I, I just look so. at these three three races as if one big giant stage race. Yeah. You signed yeah. up for 600 miles. <laughs> yeah. And it's a stage race. Yes. That's, yeah. That's how you have to look at this thing. 
Yeah, that's exactly it, really. Yeah, you just have to think of it like it's not so much this big. It's not like that one big race. It's not that 100 miler or 100K where you're going out really, really pushing the pace and slamming the downs and just absolutely going up the ups as fast as you can. Like it's, you're out there, you know, you're out there for a long time, settle in and just, just keep moving forward. Mm. Yeah. How did they commemorate the, your win? Did you receive a plaque or a bigger buckle or? Uh, we haven't received anything yet. They said they're going to send us something in the mail. So ah. I sent somebody my address and I wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so forward. I'd imagine probably like a plaque or something. Cause I think that's what people in the past have got. Right. Yeah. Wow. Very awesome. So what's next, Teresa? Uh, well, um, I'm going to go do an actual vacation in Central America in January. No nice. running. Nice. Just hanging out, maybe some like hikes and stuff, but no racing. Uh, and then next summer, I'm hoping to do the Via Valais in Switzerland. Ah, Very good. Tell us yeah. about that one. It's not a race. It's just kind of like a route that you go do. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I think it's around 225 kilometers over nine days. And you just do hut to hut. Oh, you I get heard to the hut. Yeah. yeah, totally. Get to the hut and they make you food and, yeah. and you sleep there. And then you just do, I think it's around 20 kilometers a day through the Alps. Well, that <laughs> that's not long enough for you. You're <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, a vacation. it'll be so relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And other than that, I'm, I have nothing planned so far. Like I'm in a couple lotteries, but mm. they're lotteries you never get into anyway. So hard rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also want to yeah. give a shout out to your friend Jillian Smith. I think she's from Whitehorse as well, but she finished she fifth is. overall. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just want to give a shout out to her that congrats to Jillian Smith for completing this as well. <laughs> she was actually the one that convinced me to do the triple. <laughs> ah. So I was only going to do Bigfoot. And then she's the one that said, Well, if you're going to do Bigfoot, why don't you do the triple? <laughs> yes. Got it. <laughs> Yes, shout out to Julian Smith. She made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Pure pressure. And we we thanked Fanny Barrett in our intro because we've yeah. had Fanny on before when she obviously yeah. was going for her 100-miler Grand Slam. But yeah. uh, thank you to Fanny for suggesting yeah. you as a, as a guest. We really appreciate you taking yeah. the time out today. And I'm totally. sure you're still working on your recovery. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I should probably stop eating vats of ice cream at some point and start <laughs> running again, but. <laughs> well, yeah. Any other questions before we get to our rapid fire? Well, I know if you've done some ticket, Western States ticket races like Lossal and stuff like that. Uh, do you have yeah. your tickets into Western States? I do, but I'm not like a big, if I got in. I'd probably do it as long as I had the time off work, but right. it's not like where if I got into hard rock, I'd cure my schedule. Oh, right. got so, it. Nice. Yeah. So I'm right. not like a passionate Western States. If I got the chance, sure. I think it would be super cool, but I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't got set it. up my schedule for it. Right. If that makes sense. <laughs> Whereas like hard rock, then I would take sick time and clear my schedule if I got in. <laughs> well, Western States could be just a training run. No problem. <laughs> exactly there you go <laughs> all right well we like to end with uh, a couple of fun questions just to learn a little bit more about you for sure um, beer or wine beer beer yeah do you have any tattoos oh uh, quite a few oh yes. <laughs> are you getting one to commemorate this achievement 
More than likely. Um, probably, yes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's the last concert you went to? I just went to Bear's Den in Portland, actually on my way to Moab. Oh, very nice. Mm. Very yeah. Cool. What's your go-to snack at an aid station? Oh, pickles. Oh. Yeah, pickle juice. <laughs> we just chatted with someone last week and he said, never, never, never. So it's an acquired oh, okay. taste. <laughs> well, to be fair, like during the races, I probably ate like 16 to 20 cheeseburgers per race. And I'm still a little iffy on eating burgers today. Really? Interesting. Yeah. It was just a food that worked really well and they had at all the aid stations. So I just ate one to two burgers every aid station. And, every uh, race had cheeseburgers? Yeah, every single one, every aid oh. station. And now I, I probably won't eat cheeseburger for like a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could travel back in time, which era would you go to and why? My goodness. Um, probably the late 70s because they had the best music. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you and I just became best friends. All right. <laughs> Even though you don't get blisters on your feet. <laughs> Butter tarts with or without raisins? Oh, extra raisins. Yes. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lost Norm now. <laughs> That's fine. That means he won't eat my butter tarts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And last question. Hey, pick a superpower. <laughs> oh, uh, teleporting. That's a popular one. Yeah. Why yeah. not, eh? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Especially the way air travel is these days. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Right? 100%. <laughs> teleporting. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Teresa. This has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Hopefully we saved your ears from about 45 minutes of fire alarms. <laughs> They're, they are still going off in there. Yeah, I can yeah. hear it. I can Jeez. hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so they were supposed to happen yesterday. Oh, man. Well, go City for a living. run. City living. Yeah, right? There you go. All, All right. right. Well, take care and thanks again thanks for your so time. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Wow. What do you think? I think she's superhuman. <laughs> Negative splits. Negative split. Why not? Wow. Awesome. 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 Hey, like I said before, if you just look at it as a stage race, <laughs> you'll, True. Be, you'll be okay. It'd be your different mindset. Anybody that goes back to hurt over and over again, you know, they got a few screws loose. No offense. <laughs> They're looking for hurt. <laughs> They're looking for hurt. Exactly. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try her foot tips. Yes, of course. I think they're very smart. And the hat is coming back in the next episode because okay. I didn't like fiddling with my hair and seeing this flop around. And that's why I wear a hat because my, my hair is too long. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got problems. <laughs> Anyway, that was Teresa, and thanks for her joining us today and tomorrow with another podcast. That's right. Busy week for us. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned to our, our next episode. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at gotterunracing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.